This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Fraser, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Yo, what's happening, my fellow gamers? Um, we had a good week this week. Um, I played two games again, uh, or ran two games again. Um, I played in a game uh, two weeks ago. I don't know if I recorded that or not. I don't think so. Um, but in my uh, in my Sanguera campaign, D&D 5e, high level, um, people are 18, 19, and 20 now. Uh, we are doing an arena battle. And man, was this a mistake. Like, I didn't, I didn't plan enough changes in the environment, which is something that I need to really focus on in the future. Um, it's not something that I'm good at yet. Uh, I, I'm getting better at describing things um, as, as time goes on, and I consciously try to put that in there. But in my prep, I have to, like, I have to work changing environments into the encounter. So I need, like, a list of ways the, the encounter can change, you know? Um, I'm sure a list out there exists, but I, um, heck, I might even have one. But uh, I have yet to implement that. So the arena battles are going okay. Um, I ended up skipping around. I had a cool Umber Hulk round, but it was like 20 Umber Hulks, and the party was just going to wipe through them, you know? And... It was more of, I don't know. Oh my goodness, I'm coming up on some traffic. It looks like I got more time to podcast than I thought I would. Um, so I'm going to check out what's going on here and uh, I'll be right back. All right, so I thought I was going to have a short time to do this podcast. Turns out I've got an extra 55 minutes, and it's all between me and the next exit. So, exciting. All right, so, yeah, the, the arena's a slog. I, uh, I, I really need to figure out what I can do to make the, the, the straight-up fights more interesting. I've got a, a, like, environmental change is the only thing. Um, I think, you know, thinking about it, um, I just grabbed uh, Spelunker's Guide to the Underworld, I think that's what it's called, um, from AWW Games. Oh, pardon me. Uh, from AWW Games, and they, um, they might have something like that in here. I want to say that they did. Might have to break that open tonight and read it a little. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, we're doing arena fight. I uh, they they pl- fought um, from Mordenkind's Tome of Foes, I think. Uh, lesser Star Spawn and Greater Star Spawn. These things are fucking beast. Um, they are only like a challenge rating. I want to say 17, um, but they, like, 17 is a big jump, apparently. They have three attacks that did, like, um, 2d10 plus 2d10 damage, you know? It was crazy. They had plus 14 to hit. Um, I was rolling hot all night. Oh, my God. Like, the worst time to roll hot is would have been, was this time. You know, everything else was uh, more of smaller. 
but this, these things just hit like a truck. I, I crit someone and, uh, with the other two attacks, I knocked them down to, um, like, uh, half their hit points. And, uh, it was the fighter. I was like, oh God, what did I do? <laughs> so what happens is these lesser things, uh, they are, um, like 257 hit points, I think. Uh, and then after they die, they turn into a greater one, which is another like 300 hit points. So they've got almost, they've got about 550 hit points. And the second one doesn't do much different stuff, um, but it, uh, it hits, um, better. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, whatever is higher, uh, proficiency modifier would be higher. So they, I, I was like, oh my goodness, they, they are going to die. So, uh, Sombra, the, um, blade singer cast, uh, wish from Tome of Stilted Tongues, uh, which lets her, him cast it from a, or with a bonus action. Uh, he simulacrumed the cleric who wasn't there. That was another thing. We were two people down. It would have been a lot less bloody if there were um, two more bodies there. Um, so I, or they, they uh, simulacrum the cleric uh, and uh, just started healing. Like uh, he used the big uh, mass heal, which is 700 hit points divided uh, how you want among the people around you. Um, he only used 350 of, hit, of those hit points, but it, it came in clutch. It, uh, you know, brought the fighter up from near dead. It, uh, they raised his elemental, um, frost salamander a couple times. Um, and that helped because that dude's got like five attacks. Uh, they only do a single die of damage though. So it wasn't, I mean, it was relevant, you know, he was doing like three quarters of what the fighter was doing. And the fighter was doing pretty hot that night. Uh, champion fighter with uh, Basher. So uh, once he crits, um, and he's critting on 18, 19, and 20 now, uh, he um, gets advantage on all the rest of his attacks of that round. So it works out pretty good. They did... We were missing the Rogue, which is the, the um, high DPS uh, single target. But... Sorry, distracted. Uh, high DPS single target, and um, that was that was another like these guys would have gone down a lot fast, faster, taking an extra fifty hit points around. Um, but it was good. The, the the players liked it because it was a challenge, right? It, it's and um, it scared me. I thought they were going to die, and it was it was exciting to see them persevere through it. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't hold back, uh, but I didn't play strategically. Um, there was a couple times where I did suboptimal things, um, but these guys are from the far realm, so you never know what the hell their agenda is. Looks like everybody's getting out of their cars now for some reason. Oh, there's a dog on the freeway. That's no good. Um, this guy is very upset. 
says, I will give you the play-by-play here. Now he's yelling at his dog to get back in the car. Uh, because that's what dogs do when you let them out on the freeway. They get back in the car. Um, I'm going to put my car in park, though. I may even turn this engine off. Lord. Um, something, something bad happened. I don't know. Nope, there's nothing super bad up there. Anyway, back to D&D. Um, so I uh, introduced the uh, boss battle uh, at the end. Um, it is the Mori, the guy who runs the arena. Turns out he is an Imperial Dragon. Um, and he is he is terrifying looking. He is, uh, think Deathwing from World of Warcraft, right? He's, he's all beat up and scarred, and he's got these metal plates that are just like uh, bolted onto him. And uh, he's got ten rings, which is uh, a Shang-Chi... Um, thing and uh, I, I thought that it'd be cool if he had 10 rings that could do um, t- 10 like just normal D&D rings and uh, could use those for things so um, yeah I don't even remember which ones that he had uh, I was going to um, make one for him that uh, would help uh, it would stack damage so when someone does a certain type of damage, you know, if this creature has been affected by a certain type of damage, uh, for the last round, um, then, uh, you know, you get advantage on all attacks towards all, you know, bludgeoning attacks or something. All, uh, I haven't quite figured out exactly what it's going to be. Um, I need to look at his stat block and find something that works for him. But that's kind of the idea I want. I want, um, it to be like, you know, he, uh, ice spells freeze somebody, and then if you're wearing this ring, um, you get advantage or extra damage or something, uh, on this guy who's been affected by that kind of magic in the last round. Uh, so it will be, it'll be good to give to, like, um, a fighter or a rogue, uh, and it will entice the wizard to play in a different way. The wizard and the sorcerer to play in a different way. Playing towards this ring. Um, So yeah, I gotta look at his stat block though and make sure it works for him. Uh, That's the most important thing. I have to uh, fill out the rest of the ten rings. Um, And yeah, then I'll be ready to run this thing. This guy, this guy's a beast. Um... I need to figure out some environmentally environmental stuff, like I said. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I really don't know what it's going to be. Uh, but this guy is so he's he runs the arena and uh, yeah. I I guess uh, I think my players listen to this, so I hopefully I'll get it out before we do the fight. But uh, that's that's not much more than they know right now. So. Uh, We'll talk more about how it goes next week. Um, I ran Worlds Without Number, and it was it was good. They um, so there's an encounter roll. Uh, something too powerful to confront is what the encounter roll is. <laughs> so um, 
I made this 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 owl, but instead of feathers, he had flesh. He had no feathers, but he was his. He had like it looked like feathers, but it was all flesh, right? So it's a flesh owl. Um, I can't remember what they called him. Skinny Big Mike. Skinny Big Mike. Uh, but anyway, this this uh, this owl ate the donkey, and uh, this was when um, Alona, no Iona, Iona, uh, one of my son's characters. Um, wasn't there and it was her donkey so he um, or she like saw this thing coming and uh, you know I described it and I described it having you know kind of a scarred over eye where they had hit it before um, and drove it off Um, and uh, Iona stood up and like started banging on her shield and everybody's like no 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 (laughs) Um, they, uh, used a, um, a potion basically that I gave them. It was in an injector. So they, um, they found the guy with the biggest hit points and he, uh, made a roll to hit. Uh, this potion lets you, uh, use hit points, uh, five, five at a time to give you an extra 1d6 damage. So he used, um, I think the max is... 46 or 56. Anyway, he did the max. Um, he rolled a 20 on the die. So he ended up doing like 40 or 50 damage, uh, cause he had a poison bolt as well. Um, it was, it was very exciting. And the, here again, I'm like, Oh God, they're attacking it. You know, I don't, I don't really even have stats for this thing. Um, but I know it's huge. So I rolled stats. Um, I rolled a lot of ones on hit points. Um, and yeah, they, they took it down. They did like, I don't know, it was like 80 or 90 hit points of damage to it. So I was like, yeah, nice job. And I was, I was flabbergasted. So the adventure kind of took a turn um, left there and they ended up just scrounging through a junk pile. There is a junk pile in this hex that uh, um, opens up uh, from a different dimension area um iterum is what they're called in worlds without number um and trash just jumps drops straight through it uh i was thinking like uh thor ragnarok um heavily inspired by marvel because that's pretty much the only stuff i watch anymore (laughs) uh i need to i need to expand my horizons but it's cool because most most of my players don't watch it for some reason um yeah so they ended up um dragging the owl body to a nearby city um, or dragging it back to their inn uh, where they stay um, and uh, this inn is like a, a coaching inn so it's in between a city and a town and they um, they gutted it and then they took it to the city and sold it they initially sold it to um, some mages uh, for magical research and then they, um, when they were bringing it through the city, someone ended up offering them like 6,000 silver pieces for it, uh, which, um, was 5,000 more than the mages guild offered for it. So they took that deal and, uh, I was like, okay, so you've got 7,000 gold. What are you going to do with it? He's like, I thought you said 6,000. Well, yeah, that plus the thousand that the mages guild gave you. <laughs> and he was like, oh God. So he took the money back and now they've got, um, I don't know, a negative status or something like that. 
um, for towards the Mages Guild. They are not making friends in this town, uh, which is fine because I um, they are like fifth level now, um, so halfway to ten. So I need to start pushing them out of this hex. Um, I probably should have done it a level or two ago, um, but halfway in levels isn't halfway in experience. So we've probably we're probably like a quarter of the way through with experience. I should take a look at that and um, kind of plot a trajectory of this campaign. Um, it's funny because uh, the last time we played, my older son was like, "I hate hex crawls." We were talking about. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation. He's just like, I hate hex crawls. I'm like, what do you mean? He's just like, I don't want to play them. I don't want to run them. I'm like, you're you're playing a hex crawl. He's like, no. I'm like, this this is literally a hex crawl. And I spin my computer screen around and show him the map with hexes all over it. <laughs> and he was like, I don't like to run it. <laughs> I'm like, Tomb of Annihilation hex crawl is trash. Um, there are better ways to hex crawl. Um, so I've got to start setting up systems for that soon because right now all the hexes take like an hour or two hours to get through. Um, so I got to start setting up uh, a system. Um, I think again, um, Survivalist Guide does a pretty pretty good um, system for traveling through hexes. It says just you know give them an amount it takes and. Uh, Give them like you know, uh, it's it's really like the the watches and some other stuff like uh, Neverland does watches, uh, Hot Spring Island does watches. I want to say there's one more that does watches. I'm pretty sure Survivalist Guide was like leaning towards these watches, kind of abstracting time. Um, okay, you get um, so many watches a day. So I think it's um, watches are four hours, so you get six watches a day. Two of those are sleeping. So they spend watches to move through the territory. And it's like, you know, a hex of swamp takes two. You know, a hex of mountains takes three. To explore a hex, it takes an extra one. That kind of stuff. Um, so I I think I will go... I, I really don't remember if, it was, if Survival Guide tended that way. Um, but they made it really simple to uh, do hexes. Not that it's super difficult, but I'm always looking to try new stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, I can't remember if World Without Number had hex crawl, hex crawl procedures in it. Um, but yeah, so what I'm really looking for is the procedures. I'm going to introduce uh, this group to um, hex crawling procedures. Okay, so, um, you know, you wake up, you start to travel. You, um, you know, mark off your food. That's what um, that. That's what survivalist guy abstracted was food. Um, it abstracted food, um, adventuring gear, and something else in their water. So um, one unit of stock, I think they called it, would feed. Um, one person for one day. So, um, feed and water, one person for one day. So, like, if you had a horse, you had to give them two or four or something like that. Um, and then, you know, adventuring equipment was a day's worth, you know, one of these things would be, like, your trip into the dungeon is, um, 
going to use one of your things um, or something like that. Each each six hours in a dungeon uses one of your stock or something like that. Um, counting it as uh, air, or torches and oil, uh, stuff like that. Um, it was it was good. I liked I liked the abstraction of it. Um, Survivalist Guide is really good too because it's all very modular. Um, it's like every page adds a new stack of rules. It feels like um, the the only thing that breaks up the rules is um, these little stories, little vignettes of uh, the person who's writing the book talking to um, uh, a, a dwarf who uh, was an adventurer and uh, who's kind of a braggart. Um, so he goes and asks him, oh, you know, what about camping, you know? Tell us about camping. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's, uh, I like the way they do it. And it's written for 5e, but, you know, they're, the systems are not directly related to any mechanics, if that makes sense. So um, you don't use 5e mechanics in the system. It doesn't, it's not based off a 5e mechanic. So this could easily be ported to anything else. Um, I mean, it might be weird in like Fate or Powered by the Apocalypse because it's pretty, it's pretty crunchy. It gets really crunchy, um, but I don't think I would go that far. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested in introducing these guys to uh, hex crawling procedures, um, especially since two of them are in my um, Sanguara campaign. And they, uh, um, they're getting close to wrapping up. And when we wrap up, we're starting with a hex crawl, probably, because um, I like, I just like the way they work at lower levels. Um, I like not having an overarching story for them to um, interact with. Uh, I don't like the whole save the world thing. Um, in fact, at the end of this session, I was like. Um, you know, they were like, oh, we want to take a week to do this. You know, oh, I wish I had more time. We could do this. Like you, you literally have as much time as you want. You can take, you know, a week off, a month off, a year off. That's totally up to you. Um, I mean, things are going to progress in the background for however much time they take off. Um, but they aren't directly, directly, directly affected by it. You know, there's, there's indirect things that are moving into the coaching in, um, that are causing complications for, um, the players. Uh, there is a, um, a guy <laughs> who one of the characters just wanted to straight up murder. Um, and he was trying to sneak around and, um, find out because there's a working under the inn that and a working is like it's a magical working it's something that is still working from before one of the apocalypses um basically uh there's um i think it's like four major things uh there were people then aliens came down and took over and changed the planet then the sorcerers king kings rose up um and uh, either destroyed the aliens or the aliens bailed. Um, and then uh, the, the Brass King um, came with his army and just rolled over the entire continent. And um, that's where 
the the game starts is under this uh, and the brass king disappears basically he's uh, locks himself in his tower or whatever so nobody has seen him and that that's where this this starts like a hundred years after that or something I don't remember exactly where it is I need to do a timeline for it because I think it's really cool um, yeah worlds without number I was like I totally into this system I like it a lot um, and I got to the chapter on the setting and I was like you know I don't think I'm going to use this, but I like the way Kevin Crawford writes, and I'm, I'm, I was, I was worried that there would be some, some nuggets of mechanics in there <clears throat> that I could use, which I don't think there was in the setting. Um, he, he kind of spreads rules, um, all over. So, like the the one I can think of off the top of my head is uh, a shield. A shield will let you um, block. Um, damage once per scene or once per combat um, and that is in the combat section but where you in the equipment section the sh it's not even set told it's not even said there's even a, like a little two sentence blurb about shields and uh, it is not mentioned at all <laughs> so I kind of would have put that there as well as in the combat section um, but I mean, that would kind of inflate the book, but it's still keeping rules together. Like, I don't want to, you know, jump back and forth between two pages to figure out what my equipment does during combat. Um, I would like to stay on one page and it, it'll get easier as I get more comfortable with the system. I'm getting more comfortable with the system. I'm, I'm playing every two weeks though. So it's going a little slower than I wanted. Um, I really need to kind of jump back there and reread some of the rules. Um, but I mean, we're, it's going good. We're, I, I'm looking up rules less. Um, I'm taking time. I'm taking less time, uh, to do stuff. Um, I did, uh, a random encounter. What did I do? Uh, what was I rolling? I can't even remember. Uh, I was sitting there rolling out something. And, uh... One of my players was like, be patient. He's getting there. <laughs> uh, because, like, I had no, you know, nothing set up for that. God, what was it? It was, like, one or two tables spread over two pages, two different pages in the book. Um, I've actually got two copies of the book open. There's a free copy, and there is um, the the... The paid copy. Uh, the paid copy's got more stuff in it, and I don't think the free copy has art in it. Um, so I have both of those open on my computer. <laughs> so I can leave one open and flip back to the other one. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a really, really fun little session. Um, it, took a, it took up the slot that I wanted it to, you know? Um, like, right at the end, my son was like, can we, can we end this soon? And I was like, yep, <laughs> we are. Um, gosh, what was it? I think that's when I was rolling stuff up too. What was it? I don't even remember. Uh, but they got to buy some more equipment. Um, my other son got um, super plate mail, uh, superior plate mail, I think it was called. And uh, this... Uh, Makes you immune to regular damage. Uh, 
Uh, it has a lower armor class. It has a 16 armor class instead of a 19 armor class. Um, and World Without Numbers is um, is D20 based. So that, you know, that's, that's um, congruent with 5e or old school essentials or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's what happened with that game. Um, I went to a bar last week and played a game. This is a, this is a pretty cool bar. It's like a barcade, right? Um, so a bar with arcade games. And then upstairs they have like a lounge kind of area um, where there are um, flat screens all over the walls. And you can... I don't even know how it works. There's couches in front of these flat screens and they have game systems. And you can just, I guess, rent the space for some time. I don't know how it works. But anyway, in the middle, they threw up some tables for D&D, and it was great. And uh, I, I played, and I didn't run. It was, it was weird. And I actually had a lot of fun, which I normally don't. I really liked the DM, and I was learning things from his style. So I think that's what kept me attentive. You know what I mean? I feel like I've been DMing for so long that I've, I've seen a lot of what goes on behind the screen, so I see that. Um, this guy was doing different stuff, though. He was, he was doing a good job of including everybody. Um, my style is around the table, but he had to be keeping track of it, either, either in his head or on paper, because he, he bounced around pretty evenly around the table, and he didn't go... Like, I go straight around the table. You know, someone says they're doing something. Okay, that's going to take 10 minutes. Guy on my left, what are you doing? Next guy, what are you doing? Next girl, what are you doing? Next girl, what are you doing? You know? Um, but he he kept it all pretty good, and he had it all in his head. Oh, I'm forgetting to say here, there were uh, 11 of us all together, so 10 players. He had 10 players at one table. And he was, yeah, he was keeping kind of the groups together, Um and uh, it was funny. He said in the the, the one thing that he was kind of kind of trying to hint at was like splitting the groups in two, and like somebody kind of manage the other group. Um, and I was like, "Oh man, you can't hint at that shit. You have to uh, beat us over the head. We don't we don't get hints." <laughs> um, but there was uh, a woman there who um, also had read the the adventure. It was uh, it's. Uh, um, the Essentials Kit. I can't remember what it's called right now. What the uh, adventure is called, but it's the first adventure in the Adven- Essentials Kit. Um, it was odd playing in person, I would have to say. Um, most of us wore masks the whole game. Not all of us did. Um, rolling real dice is nice. Um, uh, this is all stuff I'm getting for my regular Thursday game anyway. Um, but it was cool to be around a different group of people. I, um, I really liked it. I really liked it. And it was, it was, uh, it was a diverse group. It was like like the nerdiest of nerds like whatever that picture conjures in your head bring that back to 1980 you know and those kind of nerds (laughs) um 
to you know <clears throat> the um, there were there was two jocks there like I don't know I'm <laughs> I feel bad now saying that because I'm not trying to judge people you know this is just how they appeared to me and they weren't dumb or anything they were pretty smart um, one of them had to leave early the other one stuck around and I uh, came up with some pretty good ideas so like he, it's not he's like a he's not a dumb jock but he was still he was very he, he he looked and acted and he emoted jock. I don't know. Anyway, I'm starting to feel bad for saying that now. Um, it's funny how I can call people fucking total nerds, but saying someone's a jock makes me weirded out. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was good because um, there was there was some crazy shit happening, and there was some regular shit happening. And I'm I am a nerdy nerd, you know, uh, but I am. I'm not on the crazy side when I play D&D. I don't, you know, just do weird shit to do weird shit. I'm not the guy who pushes the button, right? <laughs> That's, this was, half the table was the guy who pushes the button. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, what's happening? Um, so, I mean, I did a lot of um, trying to push them in the right direction without taking over the table. Um, there were a couple times when I was like, you know, talked louder than everybody and spoke my mind. Um, but I, I think I, I think I literally did that once or maybe twice. Uh, and again, the DM was just like good with, uh, even like all the shenanigans that these guys were pulling and they were, they were being crazy, you know? Um, I can't even think of what the shenanigans they were. They were like trying to cast spells on these guys who who barely like us um these this gnome who barely likes us and we're trying to convince him that we're you know we're here to help and we 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 heard that they needed help and they heard there's something going on so um like they're trying to cast spells on them and i'm like no let's just do a christmas roll it's way easier and they're not going to be pissed um and then there was like this uh, this room that uh, the kings, those two kings, they had locked themselves in there. And instead of like going through channels, you know, they like uh, got the two people who were hanging out outside to go away and they picked the lock and went in. <laughs> it was insane. Like I, I, I was just like, I, why are you doing this? <laughs> but um, I kept my mouth shut. And, and the, again, the DM handled it really well. Um, he just rolled with all the punches. He, he had his book in front of him and it, it, I'm, I'm sure it mentioned if actually, I don't know, it's 5e. So, um, it might've said, you know, if the players get in here, this is what's going to happen. But he, he knew his characters and he played his characters well. So that's, that's one of those things that, um, in a great DM, you know, they know their characters and they play it well. Uh, but I, I want to go again. I don't know if I'm going again this week. Um, I'm going to leave it up to my six-year-old. <laughs> I'm going to tell him I want to, but um, I don't. I, I don't want him to feel like I'm ditching him because uh, that's kind of what it feels like. Because uh, I have three days off during the week, and two of those I game um, during the day. Generally, I don't like stress out over my game anymore, so I don't do a lot of prep, but it's my day off. So I'm already doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, 
I, um, I just started a t-shirt store. So like I got to sit with him on the couch on Tuesday while I was doing that, um, on my laptop and, uh, I got to hang out with him and that was pretty cool. Um, but then after gaming, you know, it's like, okay, I've got to focus on this. Sorry, dude. Um, and it's easier when it's in person, right? Because I've got a bunch of people there to help me. Um, but he's, he's pretty low maintenance now. He's, he had, um, (laughs) poor kid. He's drinking out of a sippy cup and he tipped it back like over his head and the lid came off. Uh, so like his chocolate milk just spilled all over like his face and his chest. Um, so there was a little craziness there. Um, there is a fire vehicle behind me and nobody is moving over. What's up with that? That is so weird. Get out of the way. Get out of the way, lady. Can you hear it, lady? Get out of the way. Get out the way. This thing's giant. Come at me. You got this. All right. Sorry. This is this is crazy shit. I've been in this I've been in this traffic for 40 minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it looks like the right lane is moving a little faster. I don't know. I'm not going to move until someone shows me how to move. Um, yeah, there is, um, fire trucks on both sides of the freeway. The other side's moving quick though, but who the hell knows on, they're moving the other direction. So they're probably stuck all the way back to Morgan Hill. I don't know. Um, we are definitely moving now though. All right. Enough about the traffic. What was I talking about? Thursday game night. So I really want to go back. But um, but I only can go every other week, which is kind of shitty for um, uh, a campaign he's running. Um, I, I was not prepared to run this week or that week. Um, I told him that next time I come, I will come prepared with something to run. Um, I just, I didn't want to run that night. Like I looked at the table and I was like, fuck, I should offer to run, but I don't want to run. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I got to play and it was, it was fun. It was more fun than I usually have playing. Like I said, and I'm pretty sure that was the, the, the GM. So, um, yeah, exciting. Kyle, if you're listening, good job. I loved it. Um, anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing this Thursday. I kind of want to, um, there's nothing going on over here. It's all on the other side, it looks like. There is, yeah, I don't know. It's an accident. I have no idea. Motherfucker, this is all rubberneckers. This can't be all rubberneckers. Please, please, this is all rubberneckers? Oh, my God. Okay, so I passed that accident on the left side of the freeway, and we are still stuck. So I don't know. There has to be something else up here. Um, I have moved a lot, though, in the last two minutes. All right, enough with the traffic report. Goodness, sorry. Um, I should edit this one so you don't have to sit through all that crap. But you, I won't, so you will. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, all right, let's see. So, yeah, and I kind of... I kind of want to run something 
every other Thursday. But I don't want to. <laughs> right now, I am super burnt out. Um, that's what I wanted to talk about. A lot of people talk about DM burnout and, you know, they're like, how do I get through it? You know, get somebody else to run for you, um, play for a while. And really, I don't like playing. You know, I've, I've played in games. I play, played a lot of Adventure League and I was just like, no, no, let me DM this. <laughs> Please let me DM. I have, I have Adventures League characters that are leveled up solely through DM experience. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we'd show up and we're all GMs. And so it was like, okay, who's going to DM this one? And, uh, um, you know, I stepped up a lot. <laughs> I'm like, me, I'll do it. Um, but, I mean, it's, a DMing's more fun than playing for me. So what do I do to fight DM burnout? Well, I knuckle up and I fight through it. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Um, but I still have fun DMing. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with, with work uh, right now. Um, I'm still, like, <laughs> I sat in one place through COVID. Um, I literally sat in front of my computer for almost all of COVID. So I, I'm not... I'm not used to getting out this much. I'm not used to working a 40-hour week. Um, and I'm still just wiped from it. Uh, I thought this was going to go away faster. Uh, but it's not. Um, so because of that, my my game is suffering. And that's where the burnout's coming from, I think. I'm apparently going to work this out with you all. Um... And I think it just might need an attitude adjustment. This might be pretty cool. We'll talk more after this yawn. All right. So, I feel that I don't have enough time to... That I don't make enough time. I do have enough time. I don't make enough time to update my world anvil. I haven't updated... I don't even know when the last session report I did was. Um... I don't, um, I don't spend that much time prepping. Most of my prep is done, um, outside of prep time. (laughs) I will think of stuff like right now when I'm in the car, um, when I'm driving around at work, um, I I started listening to stuff at work though. So I've kind of got that space filled now. Um, I'm doing pretty good about taking breaks from listening to stuff every half hour or for like a half hour a day or two a day. Uh, I've been driving home in silence lately, so that's been good. Um, But uh, so I I feel, I feel that I do not have enough time and really I'm not making time um, to do what I need to do to make my games good. And because of that, I'm throwing my hands up in the air and saying, fuck it. Um, Which is not what I should be doing. What I should be doing is saying, okay, so you've missed a lot of reports. That doesn't matter. Let's work on last week's. Because that's the most relevant. Um, All these before are not relevant at all. Um... 
if I can do that, then I can move on and do next week's report and continue from there. Um, instead of looking at this pile, I need to look at one at a time. All right, so that'll help. Um, I am not making time to prep. Um, I am filling my weekend with other stuff. Um, and it's not like I'm not doing anything. I keep feeling like I'm not doing anything. Um, but like I said, I, I started this t-shirt online, online t-shirt store and like I made 20 shirts and I have to upload each image separate. And then I have to, uh, put a title and description in for each of these things. Um, and it's just really a pain in the butt and it takes a long time, right? So it, um, yeah, it took me all day on Tuesday to, um, do it and put it up on one site. And I have a whole nother site I need to put them up on. So it's not going to take me that long, but it's still going to take a long time. It's going to take probably, it feels like 10 minutes per, um, so that's 200 minutes, but it's probably not that. It's probably only five minutes per, so that's only a hundred minutes, but still that's like almost two hours. So again, looking at that, I'm like, Ugh. so what I need to do is take one step at a time, look at it and say, I'm not doing these all right now. I'm doing one right now. And then because I do one, I'll do two or three or four. And then, um, and then I can, I can get through that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling my home life right now. I'm feeling very overwhelmed. Um, but it's going really good. Like <laughs> it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's, um, it's a good thing. So I am, I am, yeah, things are going good in my home and I am very busy during the weekends. Um, I need to get back to, uh, doing, um, whatever, what's it called? Um, barrels. Um, I need to, uh, work on D&D. I need to work on the hex crawl that I'm going to do for, um, yeah, I mean, this is, oh my God, this is all just rubberneckers. It was a crazy fast collision. It looks like that car is jacked, but yeah, we're just, we're just looking. We're all just looking. Oh my God. All right. So I'm finally out of the traffic. I still got like 17 minutes to get home. There's a sign up here. I think that it's going to tell me, oh no, I'm not even to Morgan Hill yet. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. It's Bailey. All right. Um, anyway, I'm going to cut it here. God damn. 40 minutes, 44 minutes. That means, uh, it's plus 10, 54 minutes. Google didn't lie. It was literally 55 minutes of traffic. Oh my goodness. Um, thanks for sitting with me through the traffic guys. Um, like I said, I should edit it, but I'm probably not going to, uh, I'd rather, I'd rather put up car episodes than no episodes because I'm not editing. Uh, cause if I, if I tell myself I'm going to edit this and then don't edit it, that's just the way it's going to be. Wow. There's another accident, accident off the freeway. There are three accidents over here. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening guys. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week.
Want to start editing your audio and video, but just don't have the time? Try Descript. Descript's an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as using a Word doc. You upload your recordings straight into Descript, or you can record straight into Descript. It instantly transcribes your file into text, and then you can tweak it with the text or using the media clips. Edit out filler words and silent gaps with a single click. Uh, you can record your screen and webcam presentations and video messages and edit out mistakes before publishing. Using pro features such as non-destructive multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto-captioning, exports, and much more. Descript is what I use when I edit my podcast. Not that I edit my podcast. Got an affiliate link in the description below. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackernerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website, or email me at cockatrice-nuggets at gmail.com. Check out my new streams on twitch.tv slash jerry247. As always, you can use my blog at Slacker Nerds to get links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join my new Discord server. Links in the show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share with your friends or shout out from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out, it's great for me. Thanks for listening.